Redemption Church. If you have a Bible, I hope you'll grab it and you'll open up to the book of Ezra. The book of Ezra. That's where we're going to be for the next few minutes. And let me give you just a little bit of a uh, a historical background on what we're going to be talking about. Israel was in captivity for about 70 years. Uh, The nation of Babylon had come in and defeated Israel, Judah, and had taken them into a 70-year captivity. After those 70 years completed, the Jews were freed uh, by Cyrus, king of Persia, who was actually ruling over Babylon, and uh, he released them to return home to Israel. The book of Ezra is the story of the first wave of 42,000 Jews making that journey back to Jerusalem. And their task upon arrival was to rebuild the altar of sacrifice and the temple of God. By chapter 3 in Ezra, we see that the altar was rebuilt and that the foundation was laid for the temple of God. In chapter 4, we see a transition take place. The enemies of Israel started to notice how the Jews were reestablishing themselves and becoming strong back in Jerusalem. And they were concerned about that. They were the enemies of Israel. And so they started to resist the Jews. They used physical means to bring opposition. They used psychological means. They even used legal means by appealing to the new king of of Persia, who was King Darius, and they asked him to stop them. The books of Haggai and Zechariah in the Old Testament come from this period where the Jews were rebuilding the altar and, uh, and, and the temple. And these prophets were challenging the people of God to not be dissuaded and to not be discouraged by all of the opposition and resistance. And so they prophesied to urge them on in continuing to rebuild the temple, despite the resistance, despite the opposition, even despite the, uh, the legal edicts that came from the king of Persia. And it's not until chapter 77 of the book of Ezra that we're actually introduced to Ezra. In verse 6, it says that Ezra was a skilled scribe in the laws of Moses, and that the new king now, whose name was Artaxerxes, granted Ezra permission to return to Jerusalem and bring with him and those who came with him as much gold and silver and other precious material that they could possibly carry in order to furnish and adorn the temple of God. So we come to the story in Ezra chapter 8 where Ezra is gathered with this great number of priests and Levites and heads of families and this enormous cachet of gold and silver to begin their journey. And just as they're about to begin their journey to Jerusalem to adorn the temple with gold and silver in this new season of worship, Ezra makes a crucial decision. And we see it here in chapter 8, verse 21. Ezra says, Then I proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, 
that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from Him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road. Because we had spoken to the king, saying, The hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him. But his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. So we fasted and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayer. Hallelujah. So this story here of Ezra is a story of new beginnings. It's a story of a people making a journey into a new season and their recognition that, that if that journey, if that new season is to succeed, they need the hand of God to be upon them. And this is why in verse 21, Ezra proclaims a fast and humbles himself along with everyone else before God and they pray to God that God's hand will be upon them. Now this week, as we enter 21 days of hunger, we, like Ezra, we are stepping into a season of prayer and fasting. And like Ezra and all of those people, our intent is to humble ourselves before God and to seek from Him the right way for us and for our little ones, and for all our possessions. So we have just entered a new year. It's a new season. It's a transition point for us. It's a time for us to assess what the former year held, and what we could have done, or should have done, what we, what we would like to have done, and then to orient ourselves properly for these 12 months that are lying ahead of us. And as we enter this new year, this new season, I want us to be reminded that our God answers prayer. He's a God who answers prayer. And even more than that, He is a God who is moved by prayer with fasting. Prayer and fasting is the biblical act of going without food in order to focus more completely on God. Now, we can certainly fast from, from other things as long as there is a feeling of, of sacrifice or loss when those things are fasted, whether it be uh, television viewing or, or social media or secular music or sports or, or video games, whatever it may be. You can fast those things, but there needs to be a sense of loss or sacrifice by the removal of those things. I think we need to be clear, however, that the traditional, the biblical mode of fasting involves some form of abstinence from food. Now, most of us, for the next 21 days, will be doing a Daniel fast, which is only eating vegetables and fruits in limited quantity. Others may choose to fast uh, from dawn to dusk. Others may choose 
a complete fast where all they're going to do is drink liquids. That's fine. Whatever fast you choose, let's always remember that the key to effective fasting and prayer is the and prayer part. Let me say that again. The key to effective fasting and prayer is the and prayer part. Fasting without prayer is nothing more than a diet. And the devil doesn't care if you're on a diet. The devil does not care if you fast. Fasting alone doesn't worry him. It's the prayer part that worries the enemy. In fact, during your fast, you may have proclaimed a fast, you may have changed your food intake, and during that time, the enemy will do everything that he can to bring disruption to your prayer, to interfere with your prayer, to somehow interrupt and distract you and pull you away from prayer and tell you, it's okay, you don't have to worry about it because you're fasting. It's not true. It's the prayer part that makes our fasting effective. And this is 21 days of hunger, fasting, and prayer. Listen, we cannot diminish the importance of prayer and fasting. In Mark chapter 9 and also in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus said to his disciples, this kind, talking about a demonic spirit, he said, this kind will only come out through prayer and fasting. There are certain breakthroughs, certain miracles, certain answers to prayer, certain times where the enemy's attack on our lives can only be defeated because of prayer with fasting, fasting and prayer. It's because prayer with fasting exerted the spiritual pressure and demonstrated the kind of faith required to push the enemy back and to shake us free from all of that, that opposition. Ezra understood this truth. And this is why Ezra, before they ventured across that river and started their journey, he said, I proclaimed a fast. I want to make this very clear before we get started. Even though, now listen, this is important. Ezra knew that it was God's will for them to make that journey. He knew that God was with them in that journey. He knew that he had all of the promises of God to bless him and, and to protect him in that journey. But he still said, we need to humble ourselves before God and we need to fast and pray and seek God to bless us. What does that tell us? It tells us that faith is not passive. Faith is not presumptuous. Faith is active and assertive. We do not go forward into 2022 saying, well, the Bible says that no weapon formed against us will, will prosper, so I'm just going to lay back and just assume that the enemy won't be able to attack me, won't be able to attack my children, won't be able to attack my family or my possessions. I'm just trusting God that no weapon against me is going to prosper. No, that's not faith. That is presumption. Faith, true faith, is active. Faith responds to God's promises by taking hold of them actively and expressing faith 
to obtain them. And it is by actively expressing faith that we demonstrate to God that we believe His promises to be true and that we are participating in obtaining those promises by actively laying claim to them. And this is what prayer and fasting does. It is the fight of faith. Paul said that he fought the good fight of faith. Faith is a fight. Faith is not passive. Faith is active. It's a fight. Paul said, I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. James said, you have not because you ask not. Jesus said, ask and it will be given. He said, seek and you will find. He said, knock and it will be opened to you. Faith is assertive. Faith is active. Faith is persistent. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus said that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. And that God avenges those who cry out day and night to Him. It's the power of persistence. It's the power of pushing through the pressure. It's bold. It's active. It's assertive faith that lays hold to the promises of God by actively expressing our belief that God is going to do something in our lives. This is what prayer and fasting is all about. Now, I don't know what your journey looks like in the months ahead. I don't know what season you are entering into in 2022. In fact, most of us don't know what the season is ahead of us. If you think about where you were this time last year, many of us had no idea the things that we would encounter through 2021. We, we, had, we could not even imagine some of the struggles, some of the challenges, some of the opposition that, that, we, would, that we would encounter. We just didn't know it. But I do know this. Whatever your season may be, whatever unfolds for you in 2022, I do know this. Like Ezra, beginning that journey with prayer and fasting will make a difference in what lies ahead. It will affect the outcome of what you're going to experience. Ezra said this. He said, the enemy is waiting for us on the road. We're in God's will. We have God with us. We know that God is going to care for us. But we know the enemy is also on that road that we're going to be walking. That wasn't a lack of faith on his part. It wasn't a negative confession on his part. It was a wise assessment of the journey ahead. That's what we need to do. We need to be people of wisdom and make an assessment of the journey that lies ahead. There is an enemy who does not want us to succeed. He does not want our children to thrive. He does not want our businesses, our ministries, our church to survive. And that that enemy will bring pressure against us in the journey ahead. There is an enemy on the road. That's what Ezra said. He knew that at some point an enemy would appear. See, he knew that he had with him too much value, too much silver and gold and, 
and riches and wealth and, and blessing. He had too much that he knew the enemy could not resist attacking him. He knew the enemy wouldn't be able to resist it. He knew the enemy would try to steal what, what they had. That the enemy would try to ruin what God had given them to move forward in their journey. Ezra was expecting pressure. So that's a question for us. As we look ahead to 2022, and I know we have, we have great dreams and great ideas of what's to come, and we know the thoughts that he thinks towards us, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give us a future and a hope, and, and that God's going to pour out all kinds of blessings, and I lay claim to those, and I believe that for you as well. But we also know that there is an enemy that will try to bring pressure against us in 2022. 2022 will bring its battles. It will bring its attacks. It will bring its enemies. The enemy will try to pressure you in 2022 to stop you from making that journey into God's perfect will for your life. Ezra was on his way to a temple to adorn it with gold and silver. I'd like to think that each of us were on a journey towards a temple, the temple where we can we can adorn the presence of God in our lives through worship and through praise and by serving Him and by serving others around us. And the enemy wants to try to stop us from making that journey. Ezra said, while I'm walking in the will of God, I need help against the enemy who I will encounter on the road. So Ezra, before he started that journey, he said, we're proclaiming a fast in our lives. We're going to have a season of prayer and fasting. And Ezra knew that by doing that, he was going to put pressure back on the pressure of the enemy. Did you get that? By fasting and by praying, he knew that he would now put pressure back on the enemy when the enemy tried to put pressure on him. Hallelujah. Through fasting and prayer, he would flip the script that the enemy had written for his life. He wasn't just going to accept it. He wasn't just going to go forward and, and think passively that things would work out. No, he knew the enemy had an agenda, and he was going to turn that agenda around by putting pressure on the pressure that the enemy would bring against him. Paul said this, the Apostle Paul. He said, we are hard-pressed on every side yet not crushed. Now, many of us, we're already feeling pressure in 2022. Some of us, we have been feeling the pressure in our families, maybe in your marriage, maybe pressure from your children, or you see pressure in your children's lives. Some of us were feeling the pressure of finances. Some of us were feeling the pressure of, of sickness in our family. We're feeling the pressure of, of COVID now coming upon us in many different ways, and we're feeling that pressure. But even though, listen, even though you may feel the pressure, even though the enemy will confront you on the road and bring pressure, like Paul, we can say this, you know what? We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We will not be crushed. Why? Because there is something on the inside of me that is greater than the pressure coming from outside of me. 
Are you getting that? There's a pressure inside of me. There's a force inside of me that's greater than the force of the world being exerted upon me. Hallelujah. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. When we fast, listen, when we fast, it is not, it is not just getting God to do something for us. Fasting also changes us on the inside. It positions us with the right attitude and the right mentality for the year and for the battles that are, that are to come. Fasting is making us less carnal and more spiritual. See, the problem for many of us is that we have already stepped into the new year being more carnal than spiritual. And that's a concern. We've, start, we've stepped into this year full of fear and worry and doubt. And when the pressure comes now, the pressure all around us from the world, there's nothing inside of us to resist that pressure. There's no power. There's no presence of God. There's no Word of God alive in our spirit. There's no faith. And we get easily crushed by all of the bad reports, by everything on the news media, by all of the pressure of the world. But Paul said we have this hope in earthly vessels, vessels that the power of God is not of us. It's from the Lord. The power that is in us it's not something that we try to make up on our own. It's something that God puts in us. Listen, our responsibility as we step into this new year is to consecrate ourselves to God. And if we do that day in and day out, God will show up in our lives and work on our behalf. Hallelujah. The pressure. The pressure is coming. This is what Ezra understood. In fact, this is what he had spoken to the king and what drove him to prayer and fasting. Let's look at the scripture again. He said, I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemy on the road because we had spoken to the king saying, the hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him, but his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him. Ezra was ashamed to simply rely on the powers of the world for his protection and deliverance. In fact, he told the king, we don't need your soldiers, we don't need your strength, because the hand of our God is upon us, and his power will be, ag will be against those who come against us. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't rely on external, physical measures to help us or to protect us. We do. Listen, asserting our faith and our trust in God doesn't mean that we can act stupidly and irresponsible. For instance, we believe God for financial breakthrough, but we still have jobs and we go to work for a paycheck. We pray for, good heal, for, for, for healing and for good health, but we still have to eat healthy and exercise and avoid, avoid garbagey foods. We take medicine when we need to. We wear seat belts when we drive our cars. We don't put ourselves into dangerous, foolish situations. Yes, we have faith, but we also walk in wisdom. We try to be smart, right? 
We know that we live in an evil world with forces that want to do bad things to us. But here's the thing. Even though we take all of those precautions, our confidence is in the God who works all things for the good for those who seek Him. And His power is for us, and His wrath is against those who forsake Him. Amen. This is why we do what we do even during COVID. Many right now are, are struggling through how to, how to mitigate, how to navigate the issues of COVID. Listen, we do not walk in fear. We live our lives, but we do so with wisdom. We have faith that God protects us, but we also demonstrate wisdom. We, we wash our hands. We stay home if we're, or if we're sick or if we have sick people in our, in our home. If, if you wear a mask, then wear a mask. Just make sure it's the proper mask and you, and you wear it properly. But having done all that, washing our hands, masking, social distancing, staying home, having done all that, we still need to say that our hope our confidence is not in what the world can do for us. Our hope and our confidence is in the God who has his hand upon my life and upon my health, that he is my healer and my strength. That's the point. And that's what Ezra was saying to the king, that his confidence was in his God. And what he believed is because his confidence was in his God, that what he did today spiritually affected what would happen to him tomorrow physically. Your spiritual disciplines today determine your victories and your defeats tomorrow. We say the best is yet to come, and we believe that, not because it's a cliche. We believe that the best is yet to come because we sow the good seeds today that will bring a great harvest tomorrow. It's the faith that we're exercising right now. It's the discipline and the diligence in, in, in observing the principles of God now that we know is going to bring a harvest tomorrow. So don't say the best is yet to come unless you're willing to sow the good seeds today that are going to bring a great harvest tomorrow. Ezra said, the hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek Him. But His power and His wrath are against all those who forsake Him. And then he goes on to say, So we fasted and entreated our God for this. And look at this. And He answered our prayer. Hallelujah. He is a God who answers prayer. Now, I don't know what 2022 looks like for you, but I know that the enemy is waiting on the road. And I tell you that not to discourage you, but to prepare you. Don't make yourself an easy target. Don't make your family an easy target. Don't let your finances, your ministry, your career be an easy target. Seek God and see what He will do in 2022. 22. Bring pressure against the pressure of the enemy. Prepare yourself for the journey ahead by seeking God now through prayer and fasting. As was mentioned, 
21 days of hunger starts tomorrow. This is such a, a crucial season for not just for our church, but for each of us as individuals and, and for our families. And, and I am asking you to join us and our entire church family in this season of 21 days of hunger. It's basically three weeks of fasting and prayer. Most of us will be doing a Daniel-type fast, fruits and vegetables. And you may have a different fast that, that suits your lifestyle or your health conditions, right? If you have certain dietary restrictions or needs, you need to use a lot of wisdom as far as what kind of a fast you'll enter into. But we're asking everyone to somehow participate in this fast going forward for 21 days. It begins tomorrow on January 10th, and it concludes on January 30th. It's a Sunday, and that night, January 30th, at 6 p.m., we're going to have our celebration of praise where our whole church gathers together. Other, church, other churches will come and join us. Also, churches will join us uh, on, our, on our stream, and we'll have a time of celebrating what God has done and what we believe God is going to do in 2022. Also, during the next 21 days, we're asking you to join us every Wednesday night for our encounter services where we will have a time of powerful prayer and praise. And we're also asking you, when you come here to church on Sundays or Wednesdays, um, to sign the prayer boards that we have set up in our sanctuary. You won't miss them. When you come in, you'll see there are two of them there. And um, you can go in, grab a marker that will be provided, and write down a couple sentences of what you're believing God to do in 2022. And also, um, our pastoral team has put together a uh, devotional here for the next 20 days. And, and every, every day there is a devotional where you can read a message that one of our pastors has written that is based upon scriptures in the Bible. And we know that the Lord is going to bless you as you uh, join with our pastoral team in, uh, in the 21 Days of Hunger and this devotional journey. Listen, again, I don't know what 2022 holds for you, but I do know this, that God is for you in 2022, that God is with you, and that God has a future and a hope for you, and no weapon formed against you will prosper. But that does not mean that we can sit back passively. Let's take the posture of Ezra, recognizing that as we go forward in this journey, we need to set the conditions right now for the year to come through prayer and fasting to say, God, whatever enemy we encounter, we know you're going to cause us to triumph victoriously over that opposition in Jesus' name. Let's pray together. Bow your heads with me there in your homes. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your word, and that in your word, we can see principles for life and victory. We recognize that there is an enemy and that there is opposition to try to drag us down. But Lord, you have shown us in your word that through prayer and through fasting, Lord God, we can express our faith to you in such a way that, Lord, it will cause you to move on our behalf. Lord, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts about 21 days of hunger. I pray, God, that you'll put it in our hearts 
to join together in this season of seeking you and believing you for a great outpouring in the year to come. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, Mission Church, and all who have joined us today for our stream. Uh, as Pastor Linda mentioned earlier, our church is open, and we will be gathering here on Wednesday night to pray and pray and fast together. Friday night, our youth will be gathering. Also Wednesday night, we'll be having uh, Royal Rangers and Girls Ministries for the kids. So church is open. We encourage you to come and uh, seek the Lord and, and enjoy the ministry that is available to you. God bless you and have a wonderful day.